welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Now is the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, or become a sponsor, or do all of the above. It's 2020, why not? And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Ruby Red is setting off on an adventure, and so are we, as we are about to break down all things episode one of the brand new Netflix hit, AJ and the Queen, here on Block Talk. And joining me on this road trip is the Space Queen herself, Vivica Galactica. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Like, we, um, we're going to probably release this today, uh, so we can talk about how yesterday everyone was, you know, like, wearing shorts and flip-flops and, like, uh, tank tops, because it was 70 degrees was in New York so City. Great. Yeah, last night I decided that I was going to go out in a little bit of a mesh top and a blazer, and it was great. I felt yeah. fabulous. And then today we're all wearing winter shit again of course so weird welcome to new york the world is burning this is true it's so true Ugh. but yeah how are you i'm great you had some uh, fun exciting things happen recently yes absolutely i just got back from baltimore yes. and i performed in baltimore at sidebar and at grand central mm-hmm. with my good judies venus Vestrada and pariah sinclair uh-huh. it was such a great trip i can't wait to go back i have to tell you everybody is so hot in washington dc yeah i've heard like, i've heard uh, oh yeah i know that you've gone down there a couple I times i was in, in dc yes. last weekend oh that's true friends yes uh, it was my first time ever going to DC itself too. So like, it's amazing seeing the view, like just a little skewed from the Washington Monument when you're on the Lincoln Memorial to where you can see the Capitol Way in the background, the reflecting pools, yeah. and the and the giant penis in yeah. DC. Yeah, I didn't get great. to do that last time we were there. Uh, we went to the uh, National Zoo instead. Oh, see, um, that's really that's the next trip. Yeah, that's the next trip. Ne- next trip, um, Scout. We're going to all the monuments. I don't care if you don't want to do it or not. Ah, it's fun. It. Um, I, I I just also want to take a segue through it. Yes. And I know I've been told no, you're an idiot if you do that. So I'll, I'll, I may settle for a scooter. Okay, so here's the deal. The trip was made entirely by using the Lyft scooters in Washington, D.C. That's so cool. Like, I literally went and spent an hour, only spent 20 bucks for the whole hour of renting a scooter. That's incredible. And um, I was able to go to Lincoln Memorial, um, illegally ride all over the paths, uh, piss off a bunch of tourists. It was great. But also, um, I was able to go flip off the White House. That's all you need to do the, in D.C. The now. The Mango Mussolini is in that office. It's true, it's true. Well, we're not here to talk about negative things like that. We're going to talk negatively, possibly, about <laughs> a new, brand new Netflix series called... AJ and the Queen! Yes, yes, yes it is. Uh, so this is the first television series recap we're going to be doing on Blog Talk, but I promise you this will not be the last. Uh, the next one may not be a scripted show. It may be a reality show that's celebrating oh their 40th season. Gosh. Yeah, that's going to happen. I'm so excited for that. Yes. But we are going to talk about um, AJ and the Queen, and here's how we're going to do it. Uh, so we will be discussing the pilot as a singular episode because it's important to get everything out there, talk about the backstory a little bit, talk about what the show 
was presented to us. And then we're going to bunch um, a couple of episodes together and recap them as, as like two or three episodes until we get to the finale, which maybe we'll do as a single episode. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Who knows? Um, but let's talk about just the facts of the show. Yes. The series was created by RuPaul Charles and Michael Patrick King, who is best known for his work on Sex and the City. Oh, yep, okay. Show. Great. Uh, that also, makes more sense. Yeah, he also uh, created uh, Two Broke Girls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now the, the beginning, the yes, mm-hmm. the beginning and the end where AJ talks, it's kind of like Samantha's like, and then I wondered, and then yeah. I wondered, and Carrie, I thought Carrie, to myself, Carrie, Carrie yeah, Carrie, Carrie yeah, sorry, yeah. my bad. Um, yes, no, it's very, it's very similar in that vein. Yes. Um, but yeah, oh. so those are the creators of the show. Okay. Um, the main <clears throat> cast includes RuPaul, mm-hmm. Izzy G, Michael Leon Woolley, Josh Sagara, and Tia Carrera. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are the main cast. We only saw Tia a little bit in this episode. Everyone Tia else, is um, the, Lady, uh, the Lady... What's her face? Yeah, well... I, well Lady Danger. Lady Danger, that's right. Um, and then we have like little sprinklings of other people yes. here and there. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So here's how Netflix build the show to us. AJ and the Queen follows Ruby Red, a bigger-than-life but down-on-her-luck drag queen who travels across America from club to club in a run-down 1990s RV with her unlikely sidekick AJ, a recently orphaned, tough-talking, scrappy one-ten-year-old uh, stowaway. As these misfits, one tall, one small, travel from city to city, Ruby's message of love and acceptance winds up touching people and changing their lives for the better. Cute! Cute, Cute premise. Love it. Yeah. That's what this pilot showed us. Um, when the trailer first dropped um, and we learned about this story, I was like, how original. Another cross-dressing, uh, cross-country story. Right. We've done that how many times now? Quite a few. But there was just something magical about the trailer. Yeah. That I was like, it's because everybody okay. that we recognize yeah. is in it. Then. I was hopeful about it. Yeah. Um, but, Same, which is why I wanted to do this podcast. Yeah, with you. so but we're here to discuss the pilot, mm-hmm. and it is just that a pilot. Yes, it's a pilot. Um, <laughs> and I think this first episode proves why pilots can sometimes be the worst episode mm-hmm. of an entire series. Yep. Um, there have been incredible pilots. Uh, I think the Glee pilot, exceptional. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Morning Show, exceptional pilot, an exceptional TV show mm-hmm. in general. Um, they, they've given us knockout pilots that you're like, yes, this is going to be good. Not always stays that way, Glee, but, you know, you know. <laughs> um, but pilots are really simply here to achieve one goal, and that goal is to introduce you to the characters and the story. Mm-hmm. I think AJ and the Queen kind of did that. Yeah. For the most absolutely, part. Absolutely, for the most part. Um, I think the writing and the acting for the initial episode were a bit pedestrian. To say the least. Um, there was some really, really, really rough line readings. There's some very rough line readings. There is, like, I think there is one star of the first episode, honestly. And it is um, RuPaul's Blind Roommate. I agree. I, I agree. think that... Lewis. Lewis mm-hmm. is freaking wonderful. So phenomenal. And, like, the lines... We'll get to, like, different parts of the scenes yeah. later. But I think that Lewis was a breakout star of the first episode. I, I agree, yeah. I mean, I wrote later that he is the, mm-hmm. the star of this show. Um, I think there's promise to the series. Uh, being engulfed in the drag scene, um, of course, I'm supporting it and sticking with it. Had it been a weekly series on a network, 
I might have waited for the entire season to end and then binge it all at once. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this, because it wasn't really a palatable premiere in my eyes. Mm-mm. It was something that was okay. We're gonna. This is a binge series. We're gonna watch episode one. Okay, it's fine. Episode two. I'm sure it's gonna be a knockout. So we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out because we are leaving New York. But mm-hmm. let's let's go through the episode right. a little bit. Well, one thing that I think that we should bring up specifically before this is that you and I, um, as drag connoisseurs that mm-hmm. do it for a living, um, in different as a producers and as a performer, um, the thing is, is that we are looking at this show specifically under the guise of a very sharp microscope because this Correct. is what we do every single day of our life. And so I think one of the things that I tried to do as I was watching the first episode is what would the straight cis Karen from Kansas think of this show? And Mm -hmm. I think that that is something that we also have to take into account. Absolutely. um, Because even though we have such harsh criticisms about acting because we've seen acting on Broadway, we live in New York City, um, how is this show going to be perceived by Karens in Kansas? Exactly. um, I think that we should continue to find efforts throughout the whole series to, you know, shine light on, like, what would they think of this. Absolutely. So let's go through it. Let's yeah. go through the episode. So we start off with a voiceover from a girl who we presume to be the titular, yes. AJ. Uh, we get a montage of a queen wearing, uh, as we learn, little orphan Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. Cute. The big old um, hair. It's huge. Dollar bills are cascading from the sky because that really happens. Okay, pause. The first... <laughs> I had to press pause and go look at the screen. The very first bill that you see falling from the sky is a $5 bill. Yeah. Not likely. What? What is this? No. First of all, I live in New York City and um, WTF. Hell I no. agree, I agree. But we learned that AJ makes it very clear that this is her story, mm-hmm. not Ruby. Correct. Um, one interesting note that I want to make about this episode in general, and I think this is where my issues with the writing came in, is the general use of pronouns. AJ uses him as she refers to Ruby Red. And then later Ruby Red calls AJ boy when it's presumed that he is a little boy, but actually not. Um... With all the slack that RuPaul gets in actual reality, I found this very peculiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, maybe it's not peculiar to RuPaul. Right. Because this is RuPaul's beliefs. And it's literally RuPaul's writing. Right. The first episode was written entirely by RuPaul Charles. And so, and, and you can tell, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of skits and scenes from Drag Race mm-hmm. that is very reminiscent of a lot of the writing that's on there. Yeah. Which is why a lot of the breakout stars this episode were the one hit queens yeah. that we see later on. So, I just want to make note that we are aware of the pronoun usage. Mm-hmm. We're not, me- I'm not necessarily fond of how it was used. I'm sure there's going to be a think piece out there who's going to right. break it down and destroy RuPaul for it. Another thing that I think is interesting, though, is, especially in the first episode, is when you look at AJ and AJ's representation of Robert, which is mm-hmm. Ru's character, and Ruby, which is the drag queen, 
Um, AJ spends a lot more time with Robert, which is why I think that maybe in Rue's mind as he was writing it, he was like, well, obviously they're going to reference me to them because I don't want to confuse the Karens in Kansas. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, again, one of those things where the first time you're hearing reference to... It's a little cringy. It's cringy because yeah. it's he... And there's clearly she. a drag performer on stage yeah. that's representing as a she. But let's talk about that performance from Ruby Rad. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ener- it's energetic, it's fun, the look is exceptional, it's... the reveal reveal was a bit weak. The reveal, oh, a bit, she just, like... Took it off. She took it off and um, dropped it. Yeah. And, like, I was like, oh, that gown is great. Oh, it's a little lumpy. And then... Loop. Oh, it's a reveal. Yeah. And then <laughs> she just fucking dropped it. Like, it wasn't a big deal at all. It was just like, oh, I'm just going to let this fall. And then it looks like the cutout was made by a queen who got those pieces from the dollar store. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I will say about the performance itself is that it's fun seeing RuPaul have fun. And perform. Yeah. Right. And this is not the Christmas special. There's no stunt doubles here. This is RuPaul doing what RuPaul does. Mm-hmm. Um, I am sure RuPaul had a long bath afterwards. Oh, I'm sure. Because RuPaul don't do this no more. Yes. But you know what? This was... this. It's was a little engaging. refreshing, honestly. Yeah, it was a great start. And one thing that's interesting is, you know, like, we see all these pictures of RuPaul being crazy, like, on the Lincoln Memorial, those steps, mm-hmm. like, from a long time ago, and also, like, all these videos that we see. But, like, Ru was, what, pushing 60s? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And I just had a Google alert. Th- th- thanks for that sound cue. Thanks, Google. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's true. Then, as this all is fun happening, the dollars are flying down because that's what New York clubs do. Um, let's talk about um, AJ, the con artist. Yes. From the start, we watch her knock down, knock into people, drop her hot dog, and convince them to give her mm-hmm. money. Has that ever happened to you? No, it has not happened to me. Also, I'd be like, get over it, kid, whatever. That also being said, the most unrealistic thing is that if you're getting a true fresh hot dog from a cart in New York City, you know that they're going to pull the buns out of like a steamed heated place and then they're going to put the hot dog on top of the bun. I don't know what kind of fucking cart in New York City is going to have a pre-made hot dog that AJ's just going to grab. <laughs> the convenience of television. Yes. Oh, it's so convenient. Yeah. Convenient. Well, back at the club, we get our first Rue Girl cameos from Valentina and Eureka, uh, who gives a very fun line of, not bad for a senior citizen. It's true. It's so nice because it's like RuPaul wrote in the jibes and jabs that they've always wanted yeah, to say, and now exactly. they can't say it on national television. Um, I, I would love to know the casting breakdown of of who was available when, or if this was like, we want these specific people at this specific moment, because mm-hmm. uh, we'll get through, again to the dressing room shortly, but it was <laughs> fun seeing Eureka and Valentina together again. We haven't mm-hmm. seen that in a while. A while. Um, and yeah, Valentina was just there, and Eureka headlines. Uh <laughs> she was pretty yeah so plot we're gonna talk about plot finally so this is ruby red's last performance at the box which is in new york city a straight burlesque club correct and it has nothing to do with drag or the drag world mm-hmm. and it's Not it's wild to me well, be, she is leaving the box because she is opening a new club in six months called Queens and Queens because what? Manhattan is over. And honestly, I'll take the attention. Yes, come on, Queens. Come on, Queens. We're both Queens, Queens here. But also, 
What are you? Are you shading Queens? <laughs> you totally just shaded Queens, Rue. But Manhattan is over. It's true. It's over. Which means iconic season four is going to be the best season ever because everyone's going to leave Manhattan to come see it. Oh shit! Yeah, come on, season four. Um, you heard again, it here first, folks. Yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> um, but like, first off, that's the name of the club. You're going to open Queens and Queens. Horrible. 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 Come on. You can do better. This is television. You can write anything right, you want. You could at least call it like Q for Q or yeah. something like that. Well, we got another cameo coming up. It's Mayhem Miller. Uh, she is the show hostess. Yes. Cute. Then we move backstage for a cavalcade of Rue Girls. Yes. We get Bianca Del Rio, Porkchop, Manila Luzon, Alexis Mateo, and Vanessa Vandrew Mateo. In addition to Valentina, uh, Mayhem, and Eureka. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are actually referred to by their actual name and use drag race catchphrases. Porkchop! Pork and bam. And bam. And bam. So, here. The rules of the world are a little bit wonky now, okay? Here, I got two things. What club in New York City can hire this amount of Rue Girls at once? <laughs> the box, apparently. The box, apparently. And two, if Ruby Red is not RuPaul, does RuPaul exist? <sighs> Just throwing it out there. How does this work? I'm really confused by the world. I know it's being this really makes stupid. Sense. But like, no, but it makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Right? Does RuPaul exist in the world where Ruby Ru does? I don't know. Wild. I don't know. Okay. One of the things that we skimmed over that I really think that we should talk about that was gonna, we're coming mm-hmm. up on the plot point soon is that how dare a drag queen talk shit about the bar that can apparently pay a cavalcade of Rue girls to perform and then say that your bar is trashy and it's falling down. I know. Like, this this does not make sense. Like, I would do anything that I could to be able to continue to work at this bar. Exactly. Like, that's why I'm like, (gasps) that's why I'm kind of curious because like, obviously later on we know based on the cameos we're going to get more Rue girls. Right. Are they playing Rue girls? Are they not? We'll we'll find out eventually. But in this moment, they made it appear that these were all Rue Girls simply by calling Pork Chop, Pork Chop. Right. So, I, I'm a little confused by this world, but... Like, and, and that line was just so contrived. Like, uh-huh. you leave Pork Chop out of this! So, like, clearly Pork Chop was cast for this specific episode. Right. And I'm sure the others were just available there i think i think that eureka did a pretty decent job in this you yeah, know like, Eureka's fine. you know even when she was in the background and you could definitely see her face like you could tell that Smoking she was out the in window. it yeah i liked eureka in this episode yeah. specifically i uh, thought and, she was and bianca great. was fine yeah bianca was like you know what this is a favor to mama ru i already have two movies but i'll do this for you right and bianca giving the gift of a yes. single 301 yes we lash. love those nods we uh she gave ruby a gift of 301 lashes um if you don't know what 301 lashes are then you're definitely not a drag queen <laughs> um the club owner tony let's talk about him he's a, he's a bit of a douche though I mean, I would be just as pissed if yeah. a queen that I had paid so much for totally trashed my show mm-hmm. and my venue. I would be just as mad as Tony. Yeah. I, like, while he's a douche and we're supposed to be on Rue's side or whatever, I don't blame him. I would have been a cunt to that queen, yeah. too. <laughs> um, okay, so Ruby is buying this new club for $100,000. In so clearly, yeah, in Queens. <laughs> but clearly, one hundred thousand dollars. Did she? Hear my theory. Did she win Drag Race? 
No, because she went on all these tours. <laughs> she went on all these tours. But that would be a good idea. That would be funny. Like, you're, you're calling out $100,000 wow. as your number, the drag race? Mm-hmm. Okay, I maybe that's the only number you're aware of. Right, why would she be driving to Winnebago across country if she exactly. just won $1,000? She would get all those other silly. gigs to exactly. pay for them. so silly. So, Ruby starts talking about her man and his business degree, and she loves him and compares him to a bunch of dynamic duos. And when we meet him, well, I, I, w- I would melt the same way, too. He's, oh, of course. He's hunky. He's hunking. Yes. Yeah. So, we're at the Golden Pearl, where we see Ruby and her man ordering the same meal at the same restaurant, the same booth. I envy relationships who do that. I've never been in one who has a place, but... 2020, it's a new year! It's a new year. New year, new me. <laughs> um, so we get like really one of my, in my opinion, like the first sitcom moment uh, when the husband of the restaurant reveals he forgot his um, the anniversary. Blah 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 blah. They're yelling at each other. Ha ha ha. That's probably the laugh track. Um, so Ruby gives him the lashes as a gift. Oh, okay. oh. Um, guess what? We're gonna see those lashes later. Those three hundred ones in New York City are yeah. a whopping five six dollars. So mm-hmm. that's a good gift. I don't know, the wrapping, they could have been from Wigs and Grace, you never know. Oh, that's true. Uh, so Ruby also gives a gift to her man, Hector, by giving him matching credit cards. Wait, wait, why write that into a plot point? Like, right? it obviously is a very clear, very specific thing on the writing of the show. Yes. But like, oh, like, I got you a What I, I would card. like the clarification on, was this his idea or her idea? Right. That's because true. Because that's character arc. We need to know, like, how... Tru- I mean, we learned she's a very trusting person so far. So far. But, like, that kind of thing is, like, where would that idea come in? hmm I personally, like... Business and pleasure should probably be two different things. Absolutely. Especially, especially after only seven months. Seven months. And especially with what we find out later on oh in the episode God. is... So, I, I the, again, little, little plot point where I'm, like... Okay, this is just convenience because you need this moment to happen. Yep. Ruby, known as Robert, because we're going to call her Robert mm-hmm. for now, uh, is left uh, by her man at the um, restaurant after an emergency phone call. Okay, gotta go take care of Mama. Um, but he ensures Robert that he will meet him at the lease signing of the new club the next morning. Oh, and then we see Mrs. Hong in the wa- lashes. Mm-hmm. There we go, full circle. The there flashes. it is. Bada bing, bada boom. Yep. And that's when I was like, okay, here you go. If this was Two Broke Girls, we got that uh, laugh track coming in. Yep. All right. So, at the apartment, Robert is shaken down for $5 by the kid who lives upstairs. Um, and this is AJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kid's feisty. Very feisty. Feisty one. Also, I feel like... it. I don't know. I, I, I'm having troubles with AJ. AJ is mm-hmm. pushing it so much. Well, literally, the, what is the line... Um, uh, you dress like a chick and that's your problem? Like, not cool. Yeah. Not cool in this day and age. Right. But we have our but issues. it's RuPaul's writing. Exactly. It's true. <laughs> that um, was a clear... Bow, 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 bow. And then to follow it up by calling <clears throat> Robert a bitch? Not cool. Not, right. not a little Like, yeah, you're a hard there. kid who's been alone and been in foster care for mm-hmm. three weeks. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, Robert offers a 10 to AJ to carry the bags upstairs, and uh, kid's not having it, so Robert does it himself. Right. Like a normal drag queen would. Right. But let's be real. What was the last time Rube carried a bag? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And there's obviously nothing in that suitcase. I know, right? <laughs> um, where, where do we think Robert and Lewis live? What, what part of the 
city is this? I would say Robert and Lewis probably lives in Harlem. You think? Yeah. It's probably that area. It's um, it's near, as we find out later on, it's near a place there where there are donuts with pink boxes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but also where white girls will be looking for boyfriends. Correct. Correct. We, we, so we, it, would we, that be hard? Well, y- yes, it would be yeah. hard. <laughs> we, we met those, the, the hookers um, outside of the Chinese restaurant um, because mm-hmm. they were... That was a moment where I was like, what does this have to do with literally anything? And anything. Even at the end, I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Anyway, Robert is surprised by his roommate, who is all dolled up, and it is Lewis, also known as Cocoa Butter. Mm-hmm. Could we get a better drag name? But great. Cocoa Butter it is. Um, so we learn that Cocoa Butter, Butter is a blind diabetic. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of blind jokes. So much. And they're not the most tasteful. But it's different when it comes from a blind person. Yes. But it's also but, a repulse writing. <laughs> right. And it's not... I don't... Th- is Michael... I don't think me, Michael Leon Woolley is blind in I don't real think. life. But he does a great job playing it. Yes. And I think it's fantastic. Yes. Um, I guess, again, this is billed as a comedy series, despite the darkness, but we're, we're going to allow the blind jokes to mm-hmm. just come and come and come, come and go. In, and eventually hopefully go um their bond is very very sweet they're a really yes. really cool pair um they make jabs at each, at each other like good judy's would mm-hmm. um the best of it is how oprah is robert's inspiration not lewis um <laughs> and uh who the fuck still has tapes rupaul charles like come on don't go get a memory box go get them all digitalized I don't think that Rue would care about that. No, Rue probably has no idea what that means. Rue probably still has tapes in Wyoming right now. Rue and his memory. I'm, let's go back for a second. Did Rue know who every person in that dressing room was? Probably. Yes, because they work together. I would, I would hope that she knows okay, all fine. the people in that dressing room were. Does Rue remember what season they were all on? No, definitely no. not. Definitely not. Um, okay, so as the besties are talking, AJ steals a stack of bills from the windowsill. Another moment of plot convenience. Uh, convenience? Why on... Okay, first of all, why on earth would you... Like, okay, somehow in the two-minute span from the time that Rue walked in with a bag of money, literally, that was referenced to being... We saw that bag previously in the bar. Yep. We saw that bag, and supposedly it would fill the entire suitcase. Mm-hmm. And then, on top of that, so somehow all that money... I know how... I've gotten bags of dollar bills before. I know how long it takes yeah. to unravel every one of them. Somehow, all of that cash in that bag, within a span of two minutes, ended up in perfect piles that were Perfection. not wrinkled, not tall. Yeah. Perfect piles on the windowsill in front of an open window. Stupid. So dumb. In New York City. In New York City. Um, then there are a bunch of like rue and dragisms that are sprinkled in that feel a tad forced, but I think they're there for the fans to be like, hey, this is our show too. Mm-hmm. Betsy Joe from from Arkansas is going to watch, but yep. it's for us. It's for yep. us. Um, <clears throat> next scene, we see Robert is wearing a basic suit, so we don't confuse him with RuPaul and his Stein Epstein Parker suits. Right. Because this was a basic human suit. But has a bow tie on. He does have a bow tie. He does mm-hmm. have a bow tie. Because um, he's a homosexual. Yes. Um, <laughs> at the lease signing, we see a very dilapidated bar. Um, wa- um, where are you putting this fucking runway? But okay, cool. <laughs> 
25 um, foot runway right? with like very low ceilings great man um no hector hector's not there no no where's hector well because the man has drained the account with his new credit card but how could that be their business partners are there in love and this is why you don't go in business with your significant other mm-hmm. um, seven months yeah. so if the if the episode wasn't called pilot i think we would call it oh shit uh, because we get the oh shit moment. Um, it's the magic of three as we hear oh shit said three times when Hector fucks over Robert. Mm-hmm. Again, laugh line, laugh line, laugh line. This is, it's very sitcom Yes. Um, Robert and Lewis go to the police station and we first learn that Hector gave a false address that was actually a KFC. KFC. Funny. I wonder how much they sponsored. I don't, who knows? We'll find and like, out. KFC, like, couldn't you get, like, get Popeyes so everyone on set could have gotten those, like, chicken sandwiches? Right. And Popeyes, or knowing it's in probably in Harlem, it's probably a crown chicken. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, why did, would you give a credit card to someone whose apartment you've never been to? Because the gag is he's hot. Yes. That's it. That's a gag. Great. So now we're talking about how hot people get anything they want. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Comedy. We're going. We're going. We're going with the comedy. We're going with the comedy. Um, and then we meet Officer Patrick, played by Matthew Wilkes, best known for his pro- performance as Gus Gus Kenworthy's boyfriend, ex boyfriend, because they broke up a while ago. This is yeah. true. That's yeah. who he is. He is really hot, He's, though. He is very hot, and he is another kind of like shine in this to mm-hmm. where like he yeah, knows that it's stupid funny. so mm-hmm. he's amping up the camp yes that right i think that that's the another actors thing. of the show are doing well yes it's true and also one thing that we have to realize about the show especially like getting away from the super microscope of this is our livelihood is that like when you look at this as specifically a camp show mm-hmm. i think that it can be successful and i think that it will be successful. i agree and i think one thing that's fighting against it at least in this pilot is how serious rupaul is taking well, not even, <laughs> I, rupaul can play the straight man in the scene um but i think maybe what's bothering me is the underscoring the underscoring is so heavy it's so dramatic give us something a little more light-hearted and like bop it bop it maybe that's where your camp can shine through a little right. more yep so maybe that's where the issue of this pilot is. Not necessarily the writing. The music is matching the writing, but in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just Makes another sense. idea. Makes sense. But uh, Matthew Wilkes has def- got significantly older. I'm just going to say that. He's a little older now. Um, not, not as cute as he used to be. Maybe um, Gus really broke his heart. Maybe. I don't know. Come to me. I'll give you a hug. <laughs> um, we're going to refer to him now as Hot Cop Pat. Okay. Um, uh, so he matches the picture from the phone to a mugshot of Hector, <gasps> whose real name is Damien Sanchez. Damien. How six, six. perfect, because you had to get that 666 the in there. The devil. Um, Robert, they all say, is so stupid for trusting a guy, and I mean same. But, Do it all the time. But he was so attractive. He's so attractive. Uh, I mean, listen, I've been there, not to the extent of, like, you know giving my credit card away but giving probably the money from my credit card for gifts to people but that that's what i do i'm dumb come on uh, out to little miss sugar daddy yes coming to please. a stonewall near you not stonewall rock uh, bar rock bar near you january 22nd it's gonna be the best night ever it's gonna be rigged and everyone's gonna die it's gonna uh, it's gonna be great <laughs> um no but I, I, listen i get it the uh, they were again going for the punchline the comedy of it but from a moral, realistic standpoint, Robert, 
if you really thought you could trust someone, I get it. Maybe this is something you would do. Right. Oh, guess what? Damien, he's straight. Has a wife? He's a wife. He's the <sighs> devil. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, fine, great. And then we learn that his accomplice might be Lady Danger, who hosts cheap pumping parties. Y'all, just giving you a warning. Don't get bad Botox, please. Don't get bad Botox. Please. I know some of y'all love to want to look better and, like, pump those lips, make the <laughs> make those lines go away in your forehead, just quote-unquote helps you with your drag. Please don't get bad Botox. If you want good Botox, go get good Botox. I'm not going to stop you. Don't get bad Botox. Don't get bad Botox. Lady Danger, don't go fight her. <laughs> danger, danger. Um, Again, <clears throat> uh, maybe this is not like a New York thing, but have you ever experienced a club where some lady comes in and pumps people? No, I have okay. not. Okay. Yeah, it's New probably more of an LA thing, which is where they filmed it. They did film it there. Oh, it's true. It's true. So... I have so I was reading something on Facebook the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the character um, of Lady Danger I feel like was very specifically written for a person who is not in the show. Interesting. I think that Michelle Visage was supposed to play Lady Danger. Oh. Because it seems very similar to her kind of acting. I can imagine Michelle Visage with an eye patch. And I think she would have rocked this role and made it more funny and campy. Right now, yeah. Lady Danger is just kind of married. Yeah, Tia Carrere is not necessarily known for her comedy jobs. Right. Um, but I feel like it was, a, well, if, if going with your theory, which I think, you know, it could actually be true. Um, Michelle's probably a little busy, so she couldn't do it. And um, she, at this, this is the time where she got her implants taken out. Right. And so I think that... She might have gotten sick, wasn't able to do it. Fair. Well, Lady Danger knew about Robert's finances because apparently he was one of those people who just talks about it all the time to everybody. A hundred thousand dollars, queen. But we are learning that Lady Danger may know the whereabouts of Damien, so Lewis is um, going to be uh, hosting a uh, sting to catch Lady Danger and Lewis and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Damien, and I think Lewis is very happy to be spending some time with uh, Hot Cop Hat, and here's my theory... They're going to hook up. Lewis and Hot Cop Pat? Yes. I wouldn't be surprised. They're going to do it. Once he started touching him and those biceps, oh, yeah. they're going to do and it. And you know he liked getting touched, too. Oh, he fucking loved it. I would love to touch that, too. Oh, me, too. All right. Back in the building, AJ is trying to take some dog stickers off the door, which was, I guess, a moment of sentimentality? I guess. It was a, It was weird. It was odd. Um. Oh, shit. Is what, and, and then it ripped it yeah. off. Um, Robert pines and says the worst line, I think, in the entire episode of I've lost my will to climb. Nope. Not feeling it. Bad, bad. We're going to do some more things in the apartment, but the biggest moment is Lewis gives Ruby a fabulous pair of rhinestone ruby red boots that he was saving for the Queens and Queens opening. Um, and Lewis makes another blind joke saying, mm-hmm. I almost went blind twice stoning them. Um, <laughs> and I almost went blind stoning people's stuff once. And that was, I don't like stoning things. Yeah, I totally understand that. It's hard, but. You know, it is. It if takes... you're stoned, stoning is fun. It's a it's a labor of love. It is. Especially it's if you're stone stoning. That's true. Which there was a joke about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, then there's some age jokes, like Robert saying she's a 40-year-old drag queen, and this is, again, where likely a laugh track would have come in. Right. Um, Lewis starts playing I Will Survive, reminding us of his voice from his previous roles in The Princess and the Frog and Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. There's that, uh, Feed Me Seymour, I love it. Um, yeah, definitely the breakout star of this episode. That, another thing is, especially as an actor, this is a microscope moment, is that... there's no emotion coming from RuPaul Charles during this. No. Like, the, the, the emotion that RuPaul had going into the police, like, it was just like... We're walking into the police because this is what you do. Right. I am a robot. My name is RuPaul Child Charles. Bah, 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 like, bah. Amp it up. Like uh, go over the top. And like, right. That's usually when a director would pull you back. Yes, but there's obviously no pulling back because there was nothing given. Right. And like, especially in this scene, like I'm coming back. I would break the fuck down if someone stole a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars from me. Yeah. Well, just as the party's feeling cheerful enough, um, Robert sees that. AJ broke in and stole all the money. After locking the door and didn't notice. Uh, How could you not notice your fucking window get broken? I, um, you would have thought after the first time the kids stole money off the windowsill, you'd fucking move the money. (laughs) Off the windowsill, yes. Right, okay, cool. So Robert climbs a fire escape and forces his way into the evicted apartment, but along the way we see there's an old lady with those barking dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't know the correlation, but okay, fine, cool, There'll great. be something happening I soon. hope so. Uh, maybe those dogs are going to, like, bark enough, and that's how they're going to catch Damien and Lady Danger. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully that'll be a plot point we'll need later. Otherwise, right. I just don't understand why this old lady's here. All right, so... Robert busts down the bathroom door, and AJ reveals that she's hungry, and she's been sneaking into the apartment. So, as a good human that Robert is, Robert takes AJ to his place and feeds a feast of KFC. KFC! Wouldn't KFC be triggering enough for you to want to go to Popeye's when you find out that and your lover lives in a again, KFC? Again, this is why I think uh, this was product placement. KFC was <laughs> right. the sponsor. Because uh, three... Okay... KFC's gravy is good, but not three buckets full of gravy good and AJ licking it it out of the thing. No, 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 no. Um, Yeah, so Robert's um, drag wardrobe room is um, Rue Light. Mm -hmm. Uh, RuPaul would never be caught in some of those gowns. Right. Um, I would have thought this character of Ruby Red would have a lot more drag. Right. Especially if you've been, like, touring the country. Like, you should probably have, like, an entire actual room of hangers. Right. But, again, maybe it's saying that New York Queens aren't that... We don't have that much room. Yeah. Um, Robert tried calling Hector Damien one last time, but alas, it's hopeless. It's another human moment that we're getting from Mm -hmm. Robert, which is nice. It was nice. Um... Then, at the table, because we need another moment between with AJ, and AJ says that AJ stands for Asshole Jerk-Off. <laughs> this kid is a mess. Like, I really need to know about this upbringing, and I'm the, sure we're going to meet Mama at some point. Oh, but d- d- do we meet Mama at some point? You have point? to. You know we're going to have to. We're, you have to, because you know there's going to be that Mexican standoff of the kid not knowing which direction to go with her new best friend Robert or, or real life mom. And then this is true. And then may, you know what? I, again, I have not spo- I, spoiler free. I've not seen anything besides season one, uh, episode one of season one. 
You know what? Watch season two be the custody battle. We'll find out. We'll find out. I don't know. This is just me as a writer predicting good writing and this is bad writing. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. The conversation between AJ and Lewis is our first exposition moment for mm-hmm. Lewis and AJ. And they're both kind of heartbreaking stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so foster care for AJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the diabetic blindness for Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had it rough. Um, and then there's a line that, um, um, after we see that gorgeous gown that, uh, Robert pulls out, mm-hmm. AJ says, Jesus Christ, you're gay. And the response, thank you. Mm-hmm. Easy. Easy. We all say it all the time. Right. Not sure that, based on everything we've learned so far about Robert, that is how he would respond. But Fine. We'll go but, with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, another big important plot point time. We learned that the last stop in this tour is the Miss Drag USA pageant in Texas. Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. We yes. Got, we're going to Texas. Um, AJ is about to run off with all the jewels because why Why would AJ change within a 20-minute uh, span of an episode? No, no, she's about to run off with all the jewels, so Robert ties AJ to the radiator with pantyhose. Um, never done that before, but clearly doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and Lewis has monologue during the radiator oh, it so scene. Funny. It was so funny, and having AJ escape during it, it was... Yeah. It was hilarious. And this is I also where I got another uncomfortable moment where uh, Robert continues calling AJ he, and I guess because of the beanie, so now we're um, gendering people based on their looks. RuPaul, this is problematic! Sorry! Mm. Um, yeah, so Lewis tries to give his heart-filled monologue where AJ slips out of the pantyhose and escapes, and Robert is calling Child Protective Services because that's very scary for an orphan child right like you don't want to be put in this foster system this is why you escape the way aj escaped well it's the next day lewis wants to give robert one last wig but he's at capacity in his rv yes and when you go to the ov rv there's just a bunch of shit put all over the ground right I'm like, and okay. there's clearly more room for that fabulous wig right so i again my my thought is we are learning this moment because lewis is going to need that wig later on maybe to trick damien or something i don't know the wig there there's a reason why we learned about the wig i hope so there's a reason why we learned about the wig um and there's a reason why we saw the uh lewis wear that wig with the hooker from the chinese uh place because honestly like what is this hooker have to do with anything? Uh, maybe the hooker is gonna like lure in um, Damien. I, I again, I don't know. We'll I haven't seen out. anything else, but I, there were just too many sitcommy moments for a non-sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. On the road, Robert listens to a tape of Oprah, um, and in this particular episode, Oprah talks about how women not married by the age of forty have a better chance of being killed by a terrorist this has not aged well this is not aged well like there are clearly hundreds of oprah episodes to pick from this is the worst one you could have yes, used absolutely did like the writing intern not do their homework or is was this like 
a, supposed to be a haha moment. Right. Not my favorite. But we have to say, after this moment, Rue starts sobbing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. starts showing actual emotion. emotion it's true. Which was crazy. So, I do I think that it earned, like, the breakdown from not showing any emotion of having $100,000 stolen from you and the man of your dreams that you had for seven months prior leaving you all within the span of 24 hours? No. <laughs> frankly, but whatever. And then the biggest gag is Rue stops on the George Washington Bridge on the left-hand lane and just literally stops his RV in the middle of the road. Right. It's a fucking freeway. You cannot do and that. why would you do that? It was crazy. And then he walks to the back to turn the tape off, and that's when he steps on AJ. Under a pile of tutus. Yes. Who is a girl? Oh! Oh! Because her hair is down. Because her hair is long. Um, okay. Great. Fine. So and does, so th- this being said, is that going to be something? Is AJ going to be mistaken for a boy the whole time? We'll find out. I guess. This and then it, it, whole it's, it's Rue's idea of gender. And, right. And then it's like, okay, are we playing Mulan here? Are we like, is everybody going to be quote unquote that dumb? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this plot point in this day and age. You turned out this show in the nineties. This is what the 90s show would be. Well, Rue was consistently stuck in the 90s. Exactly. We know that. It's true. Um, so we learned that uh, AJ is demanding that she be taken to Texas because that's where her grandfather lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Robert says no, AJ tries to leave the RV. And it almost jumps into traffic. Right? And then Robert threatens to call the police. But then um, AJ does leave the RV and like crosses over the median a little bit. And like, then just happens and puts his leg over it. And there happens to be no cars at the exactly. time on a freeway. Thank goodness. But then what lures her back? Food. Food. Are you hungry? Food? You just fucking ate five meals from KFC the night before. But, okay, food is what it is. No, the line should have been, I'll take you. Right. That should have been the line. Right. Food is not enticing AJ to come back. Unless she, AJ's really hungry. AJ's a growing girl. I'll take you is the line that we needed. <laughs> so, again, this is me from a, as a writer. That really bothered me because that was literally the last line before the voiceover. Poor guy. He didn't know what was coming next. Mm-hmm. Again, we're going with the poor guy. Again, we're seeing Robert. Fine. I'm here for it. Right. And that's there the, it is. The, and that's the episode. And, but, 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 no, no, one more thing. Oh. We get the credits with Ruby is Red Hot from RuPaul's new album, You're a Winner, Baby. <gasps> Whoa! You mean RuPaul Charles decided to make an entire album and drop it on the same day that a Netflix miniseries got released? Who would have thought? There are actually some really good songs in the album, I'm not gonna lie. I'm um, excited to go listen to it. Um, congratulations. I'm convinced is going to be um, the season 12 song. Okay. Whenever season 12 comes out. Or or All-Stars 5, 6? I don't know what All-Stars Five. is. 5. No, I think it's going to be um, the season 12. 12. I don't, or maybe it's like the runway song. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, yes, that's true. I mean, there's, there's also a song called Bring Back My Girls. Like this. Is... I'm excited to listen and to it. And there is a song that I will be playing next week. It's called Birthday. Birthday, because yeah. it's going to be your birthday I'm next week. Three years past my gay death. Oh Great. my goodness. So let's talk about some overall thoughts. Um, I think for a pilot, I would give it a C. Okay. 
There is a lot of exposition needed to set up the story. There is going, there's not going to be a lot of character development in this particular episode because we are literally about to spend nine more episodes with this unlikely pair. Nine more Mm -hmm. episodes. I think it's a bit hard as a Drag Race fan to separate RuPaul from Ruby slash Robert because there are so many striking similarities. Right. And what's interesting is like, as we were talking, you kept on saying Ru. So it's, it's one of those things like... How is this show going to be able to give us a separate character? I don't think that you can. And that's my fear for the show in general. Right. Um, like we've said before, I think the standout character of the episode is definitely uh, Lewis, played by Michael Leon Woolley. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the most balanced actor in the cast with, with his ability to bring comedy and drama uh, with the right amount of humor. Yep. He is a trained professional actor, and we need that on this show. Hell yeah. Um, AJ, I need her to grow on me. This rough, tough persona is very put on, and I'm optimistic that she'll grow as a performer as her arc develops. Yeah. But this, uh, this, the first, there's, you need to like AJ. Right. I did not like AJ in this first episode. There's nothing about it. Like, you, you want to see a foster kid that you want to be like, come in, I want to. Mm-hmm. I want you in my life. And they try to give you the moments, like, when they were talking with, um, like, D- Lewis and stuff like that, but it just, it didn't quite get there for me. No, it, it didn't quite work. How the Rue Girls are incorporated. It is what it is. Yep. Um, congra- congratulations for putting them on the show. It's clickbait. Uh, the Drag Race fans are going to be happy. It's Drag mm-hmm. Race clickbait at its finest. Would it have been equally as cool to include actual local queens from each city that they're going to be visiting? Yes. But this is a RuPaul-produced show. RuPaul has a brand, and RuPaul is an extraordinary businessman. He knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. We would never get that to happen. I wish, if that were the case, that we could maybe balance it out, have some local queens come in and Mm -hmm. have those lines next to a Ru girl. Right. Like... I don't know. Maybe it's just me being a person in New York nightlife. Wouldn't it that have been equally amazing for us to watch that backstage scene with only New York queens? Right, like if Shaquita and Holly Day and, and, and Britta Filter like, and Honey Davenport. Give, give me those people in that room, or or even with you know what? There you go, Honey Davenport. Because we can't talk about all sorts of Honey Davenport as a New York uh, Rue girl. Um, Put her with other New York Rue girls. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. Yeah. Like, that would have made a little more sense. Right. I mean, the only New York City Rue girl that we got the entire episode was Bianca. Was Bianca. And, I mean, Manila was for a while. Oh, yes. True. But now, like, give us give us Honey. Give us Cracker and Monet. Mm-hmm. Give us these these amazing artists and Dusty and Yuha and Aqua. Like, put them in that moment because we're in New York. <laughs> Let us see New York. Mm-hmm. We're... Because... That's where my confusion is. We're muddying these lines of who these characters are supposed to be. Are they cameos? Are they cameos of Drag Race Girls? Are they cameos of just random queens? Right. I don't know. But at the end of the day, this is RuPaul's show. RuPaul's going to do what RuPaul wants to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe because we what I think we have twenty two cameos coming this season. Maybe we'll find by out. season two, uh, they'll have to outsource to new queens. If a season two happens, yeah, we'll find out. I think it will. I but. And also, there's, what, more than 115 Rue Girls now? True, that's true. Um, so, let's make some predictions. Yes. Because you've only seen the first episode as well. Yes. Okay. 
I think the dynamic of AJ and Robert is going to be one of the best odd couple pairings we've seen in television in a long time. We'll find out. Um, my biggest worry is the writing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I could do better, but for season two, they should definitely hire me. <laughs> yes! I'm just saying. If you want to see part of writing, come to Miss Sugar Daddy. Yeah, Little Miss Sugar Daddy. You'll see some... No, no I'm going to let them improv. I'm going to give them a basic breakdown. Oh, okay. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> if I gave Vanna do a script, she'd be like, um, goodbye. <laughs> um... The other thing I want to point out is I say in my prediction, in a time of needed visibility, AJ and the Queen is an important show to be produced on this streaming platform specifically. Mm -hmm. And I sincerely hope that this will help bring queer awareness to those who need it. Yes. Speaking of queer awareness, like, I I wonder how RuPaul felt after they decided to put Dragula on Netflix after they had already previously... Oh, I'm sure RuPaul was livid. Oh, livid. Oh, livid. Because... Because AJ and the Queen was supposed to be the drag premiere of a drag show on Netflix. Like, I would li- be relivid as well. I, that's understandable. But it could have actually also boosted. Um, Absolutely. Right. Because people who have now watched Dragula have been like, oh my god, Drag Queen, I'm gonna Another watch. drag show, let's watch so, that. Yas Queen. And, and the, the thing is, Netflix has had uh, Drag Race. Um, I don't know if it's been in the US. I, don't, I have not watched Drag Race enough. But I know they have Drag Race um, on the UK and Netflix. Right. So, I'm not sure. One of the things that I think is really important through this is that it's... It's something that brings visibility to queerness and queer culture, especially to um, the Karens in Kansas, like we were talking about. And... And if we can teach the Karens in Kansas that it is customary to throw dollar bills into the air and tip as much as they did in the first scene, then girlfriend, let me tell you what, that is exactly what drag culture is like. So you, Karen in Kansas, need to bring all the dollar bills and throw them at us. And so make sure you bring at least $200, throw 20 at each queen. I, if you do that... That's fine. We can make that drag culture happen. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yes. Well, I think, you know what? As much as I like ripped this show to shred and dissected it, I'm excited. I'm going to watch it more. Same. Not because I'm podcasting about it, but I'm going to watch it more. I'm excited for it. <laughs> um, And I, again, spoke my feelings about why this show is a pilot and this episode was a pilot. I'm going to go in episode two and be like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's see what's going to happen between this pair. Let's see where we're going next. I think episode two is called Pittsburgh. Okay. So let's see what happens in Pittsburgh. How far do you, how how much do you think that Rue's writing is going to last the whole season? I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. Stay we'll, tuned. We'll find out. Well, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on social media at Vivica Galactica. Uh, also, I just went through a weight loss surgery, and I have a different almost Finsta account because I'll be posting some thoughty pictures as I continue to find confidence in this new body of mine. You can follow that at GoGo Galactica. And uh, if you so enjoy this, and if you enjoy my personality, you can tip me on Venmo at TipViv. That is T-I-P-V-I-V. And are you selling any kind of kind of jewels at all oh my gosh i am selling jewels uh i am in the process of creating a company called cosmic rocks and i am making earrings and rings and soon i'll be making some necklaces and other things 
And um, it's fun. And if you are looking for some custom rocks, go ahead and reach out to me and we can make something happen. Are there any girls that have been sporting your rocks at all? Yes, absolutely. Um, the She used to be a New York City queen. Uh, her name was Sable Cities. I sent her some rocks all the way down in Austin, Texas. I have a queen in Houston. Her name is Jacqueline Dior. She has some of my stuff. There's Mary Khan in Michigan. Uh, it's my my stuff's already all over the country. There you it's go. wonderful. Go check them out. Go look at those. And go buy some. Yes, from absolutely. If you are in Brooklyn on Wednesday nights, you can come to the Buren for Bingo at eight thirty. Uh, doors open at 8. I mean, it's a business, so it's obviously already going to be open. But I'll get there at 8. Show's going to be 8.30. It's a fun, low-key, uh, and you can easily be sober there, too, which is fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Vivica, this is exciting. I will see you probably later this week. Yes. And we'll recap probably episodes 2 and 3. Let's and 3. All right. Two and three. We'll do it. Well, thank you for being here. Yes, and we'll see you soon. A huge thanks to Vivica for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. And make sure you engage with me on social media and tell me what your favorite episode has been so far. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.